and welcome. Welcome to New Hope. And this is a part of the service where we get to extend our worship time by offering our tithes and offerings. And this is where we get to ask the new uh, comers, or you're visiting for the first time, please receive this service as a free gift from us to you. If you're visiting from another church, please save your tithes and offerings for your home church. But for those of us who call this our home church, this is where we prepare our hearts to give. Now, last Wednesday, some of you who are here got to hear my wife talk about receiving the tithes and offerings and how we was uncomfortable or not willingness to give to the Lord and how we grew out of that. And I had to question myself, why did I feel not good about giving to the church? Or why not feeling trust, trusting to give my money? Because I didn't know what the church was doing with it. And let me tell you, the church does a lot of things to reach one soul at a time, such as your souls and my souls when I first came to know this Lord. That we have programs like Rooted and Growing to help equip us with tools to reach and to touch others. We have programs like Under His Wings to go out into the community and feed the people without a house. We have programs where we have Celebrate Recovery where people have hang-ups. And then we have things like our uh, PAUSE conference. And over the years, just a side note, over the years, I've gone to many of those conferences, not because I thought I needed to go because I had a bad marriage. Because my wife would desire me to go is where I started to go. But I came out of those conferences with tools, invested a little bit of money, and I came out with tools how to build my marriage up and keep it strong. And this year, Marsha and I, we're gonna be making 40 years, and I give a lot of credit to the equipping and tools that we got. And that's why our tithes and offerings are so important, because the church wants to build up the body of Christ. So join me as we pray. Lord, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for um, the hearts to give and just to further your kingdom through us doing your thing, Lord. And Lord, we just love you and we ask for your presence to be here at all times. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, please, we have a blessing this morning. We have a video from a friend of mine, Jonathan Miyosato, about how to make your life count. Please enjoy this video. Hello, my name is Jonathan Miyosato. Um, I'm, I've been coming to New Hope Church since 1986. Been a Christian uh, pretty much my whole life. Believed in God, loved God. Uh, but things happen in life. Things happen as time progresses, as things, things change. And sometimes the world seeps in, and sometimes pride seeps in, and, and the flesh. And uh, around 2012, I was going through some things where I had gotten very sick, and a lot of things happened as a result of it. You know, I was at the lowest point. I, was, I, was, I couldn't go out of the house, never answered the phone couldn't get out of bed even and um, one day I just rolled out of bed and with my face to the ground I cried out to God and I said Lord I gotta I gotta I gotta experience you you gotta come down you gotta make yourself known to me right now 
but I felt his presence upon me. Stood up, got myself ready, took a shower, shaved and everything, because I hadn't shaved for like a couple of months. And, and, and right there, in, in just a moment's time with the Lord, uh, my depression was gone. Uh, the anxiety, the fears were gone. And I had began my walk with the Lord again from that point on. I guess my encouragement to you guys is this, you know, whatever you may be going through, whatever you may go through in the future, or whatever you're coming out of, man, you get to see God's power in a way you've never seen before. And whatever time that was lost, uh, whatever time, whatever things that the, the evil one and the locusts have devoured from you, God promises in Joel 2025 that he will restore it to its fullness and for his glory. We say thank you to Jonathan for sharing a little bit on what God has done in his life and continues to do. Because we're all going to have ups and downs. We're going to have our difficult seasons. We'll go through some train wrecks in life. We'll have some setbacks. But it's really not what happens to us that really is the issue. The issue is what are we going to do from that point on? That's going to be the issue. Every single one of us will struggle with something. And in this series that we're going through, that we're talking about my life in God's hands, if we literally think that way, our perspective in life changes. It'll constantly change. And today, as we talk about not just having our lives be in God's hands, but how do we make life count? Like, don't, don't we want to come to the end of our life and then say, boy, did my life count? Like, I, I, I did something in this world that you may not have been the most famous person. Maybe you weren't on the news or in the newspaper or, or the, you know, the most... Uh, popular person in social media, but you made a difference in this world. That we don't want to be people who just exist. We want, we want to be people who make life, makes our life count for something. For some of us who have children, it's, it's doing something that matters for our children so that our legacy can be passed on. So that we don't just live and become a parent and then when our children grow up, everything's done. We want our legacy to continue, especially for the things that God has done in our lives. And the Bible even tells us, pass on to the next generation the wonderful things of God. That we, knowing that we live in this temporary world, can do greater things for God. We have a temporary life. Therefore, if we only think temporarily, then that's all we're going to give in this world. We're going to have temporary thoughts, temporary dreams. We're going to have temporary hopes. And we don't know how long that temporary hope will last. We don't know if it's going to be four years, five years, two weeks, a day. But when we make our life count, things change and our perspective opens up to a greater purpose. There are certain things that we'll do that will be difficult. And we almost have to talk to ourselves because we go through difficult seasons. We go through uh, things that, that challenge us. And normally when we go through something like that, we think it's going to last forever. We think it's going to be like that for all of eternity. Like, I, I, don't, I don't like to exercise. I really don't like to exercise. Some of you are like, amen, I'm with you on that one. While I exercise, in my mind, as I say to myself, I hate this. Why am I doing this? Because you're going to feel like that. 
You're going you're gonna to feel the struggles of, why am I even doing this? Why did the doctor tell me I need to start walking or whatever it is? Why am I doing this? When I get those thoughts, I have to go back to the thought of, wait a minute. This will not last forever. I'm only going to run a half mile. I'm only going to run two miles. I'm only going to run four miles. Whatever it is, this is not going to last. And sometimes I'm dying. This is not going to last forever. I got 20 more minutes. Like you, you have to say that to yourself when you're going through something difficult, as in exercise. But so it is in life. When we go through a difficult season, we have to say to ourselves, this will not last forever. And even though life may seem like a treadmill, that you're running and running and running, but you're, you're going nowhere, that will not last forever. Now, you might be thinking, yeah, but it's been 25 years, my husband never changed. This is forever. No, it's only been 25 years. Watch the next 25. It'll be great. But we have to think that way. We have to change our perspective and when we have the perspective of making my life count, then everything else changes. You know, the Bible talks about our life and being temporary. Job chapter 8, verse 9. You can take out your church app or your notes if you want to follow along. But it tells us this, for we were born but yesterday, and how much do we know? Nothing. Our days on earth are as fleeting as a shadow. In other words, life is short and temporary. It's very, it's small, our time here on this earth, and limited, and few in years compared to eternity. Life is very short. I was, uh, I was flying in from L.A. yesterday, and there were some people on the airplane that were visiting, and we stopped off in Maui before coming here. And they were going to visit Maui, and they were just talking about, you know, uh, wanting to be in Hawaii and some of my friends going to Maui. And they always talk about the beaches, the beautiful beaches here in Hawaii. And I, I thought about when I moved from Oahu to the Big Island, the difference in white sand beach and rocks. <laughs> I came from beautiful white sand, and you could make, you know, uh, sand, you could play sandball fight, and, you know, you, you, you could make nice sandballs. You come here, you make, you're making lava rocks. So there was a difference, but I thought of all the sand in Hawaii and how beautiful it is. And if I could count every single grain, I wonder how long that would take. But even more than that, all the sand in the world... How long would that take? That to me is how long eternity is. Now you may be thinking, whoa, that's, that's too long. You know how long it would take me to count? And it almost seems defeating, but no, no. The length of eternity, the victory or defeat is not in how long eternity is. The victory and defeat of eternity is where you spend your eternity. See, God gave us heaven as a destination. Some people used to tell me, yeah, but God also gave us hell. No, he didn't. God never created hell for us. Really? Did he create hell for the bad people? <laughs> no, he did not. 
the Bible tells us that God created hell for the devil and the fallen angels who rebelled against God. I love this phrase. We will not do well in hell. Because it wasn't created for us. Heaven was created for us. So when God created heaven and he wanted us to be with him, when we sinned, there was an eternal separation that took place. That's why God sent Jesus to come and get us, to rescue us from a place that we don't belong in. He gave us a redeemer, Jesus Christ. Therefore, because of Jesus Christ, we can make our life count, not just here on this earth, but for all of eternity. But what some of us do is we see, we see the grains of sand. And instead of looking at eternity with all of these grains of sand, we just take one grain and we think, this is my life. But this represents just our time on earth, this small little grain. But what we do is we look at the grain, we hang on to the grain, and we say, I want to live for this. And so we live a grainy life. We live a, a, a rough life. We live a life that is so minute and compared to eternity. But we hang on to this grain of sand. And when people say, hey, there's Jesus, there's God, there's eternity. No, 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 I got my, I got, I got a grain of sand. A full grain of sand. How much sand do you have? I have one grain too. Really see, let's compare, our, let's compare our, our grains of sand. And so what we do is we compare lives with each other. We compare it with the world. Even with social media, we get depressed because we see what everybody else is doing. And so now we live for this tiny little time here on this earth. And God offers us eternity to look forward to. But we get stuck in this temporal thinking and this temporary world that we don't know how to move forward. See, there's, there's, there's more in eternity. So why would I want to hang on to this grain of sand? Don't hang on to the grain of sand of this world. There's more to it in life than just this little grain of sand. You know, right now in the political world, illegal immigration concerns are like at the top. But illegal immigration has been here forever ever since nations were born. And the reason why that's so is because people want to belong to a country and they want to, you know, they want to define their country, they want to define their culture and who they are. But it's always been that way since, since nations were formed. But did you know that the Bible is also clear that you and I, as believers, are all foreigners on this earth? That we are not of this land we're all foreigners we don't belong here we belong in heaven that's our final destination that's our home so so how do we make our life count here on this earth knowing we have an eternal home knowing that this isn't our home see i, th I think that we all can make our lives count for the better by learning these three godly principles that will strengthen, sharpen, and galvanize our perspective about life. And here's the first one, if you want to write this in, to remember this, that I am a citizen of heaven. We are all citizens of heaven. God created us to end up there, not to end up here. And I know we mourn and we grieve for each other when, when the loved one passes away. That's a part of love. That's a part of now they're no longer physically here with us. But that longing that we have for our loved ones is there because they're somewhere in eternity. 
And if they believed in Jesus and they called upon his name, they're in heaven. You might think, yeah, but, you know, one of my loved ones passed away. I don't know if they know God. I don't, I don't know if they said yes to Jesus by the way they lived. God is not going to be concerned about how we live on this earth to determine if we're going to make it into heaven. Like we have to work to get to heaven. He says, no, no, you getting into heaven is not based on your performance. You getting into heaven is based on my son Jesus Christ's performance. And what Jesus did is he died for all of our sins on the cross, giving us access into heaven. It's not you and I who are perfect to get into heaven. It's Jesus who's perfect who gets us into heaven. He died for our sins so that we could be perfect in the sight of God. That's why he made that sacrifice. Jesus paid the price once and for all for all of us to be in heaven. Why? Because we're all citizens of heaven. And he said, I'm going to make a way for you. Yeah, but I did these things wrong. Yeah, I know that. That's why I went to the cross. That's why I died for you. I, I, I wanted to prove to you how much I love you by demonstrating it this way, that while you were still a sinner, I died for you. I didn't wait for you to become good. I didn't wait for you to get your act together. I didn't wait for you to have perfect attendance in church. I, I, I died for you while you were at your worst. That's what God wants us to understand. That's, that's how much our life counts and matters to God. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send my one and only son to die for you while you were at your worst. To let you know that it's you getting into heaven is never based on your performance. It's not based on your good works. Well, then why do we do good works then? What's the use? We do good works because we're going to heaven. Because we believe in Jesus, because we love God. It's, it's an outflow of what's happening on the inside. Because of our love for God, we want to do these things. Not the opposite way. Not saying, I want to do these good things so that God accepts me. No, no, no. I do these good things because God accepts me. See, we're citizens of heaven, so we have to think differently. Psalm 119, verse 19 tells us that I am only a foreigner in the land. So God, don't hide your commandments from me. In other words, I need your commandments so that I know how to live in this foreign land. I'm going to need your word. Some versions use the, the word stranger instead of foreigner or resident alien or sojourner. It's like having a work visa in the United States. You, you, you're, you're from a foreign nation. You're not a citizen, but you're able to work in the United States. We should all have this kind of mentality that says, I am not a citizen of this earth. God just has me on visa to work here on this earth for him, to reach people for him, and then go back to my home in heaven one day. That's how he created us. See, for people who see earth as their final destination and their home, Philippians says this, Philippians chapter 3, verses 19 and 20 the Bible says that they, those types of people who think that way, are headed for destruction. I don't like that word, destruction. It means to destroy, to, to demolish. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we, let's say this together, you and I, but we are citizens of heaven. Where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as Savior. Our Savior. 
That's a, that's a personal relationship. It's not just as Savior, as if Jesus is going to come back and say, okay, anybody want to go? No, he's saying, I'm coming back specifically for you. He's our Savior. There's a relationship with him. That's the connection. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. That's why it's so important for us to remember to make our life count. This is not our home. So now we can use our life to make it count for the things of God so that when we go home one day, we can, we can rest assured that, that we made a difference in this world, not just for this world, but for all of eternity. This is not our home. When we were coming back from L.A., the thing that I, I, I kept saying to myself was, uh, because when you're in a hotel, it's, their bed is different. Their pillow is different. The, the whole environment is different. Now, it's pretty cool. It's AC, you know, if you don't have AC. We don't have AC. So, yeah, good environment. But when you come home to your own bed and you lie down on your own bed, like when I, when I put my head down last night, I was like, ah, this is so good. It's, it's your home you're in your house. You can go to the refrigerator and get food. It's, it's your bathroom. It's your sink. It's, this is, that's your home. And that's what God is saying. You're traveling right now on this earth. You're a foreigner. But one day you're going to rest in heaven. And when you get there, you too will, ah, nothing like home. That's what you're going to sense. But right now, that's why it's uneasy. That's why we're restless. That's why we go through what we go through. That's why we get frustrated. That's why we're not content sometimes. Because we're citizens of heaven. The second thing is to remember, remember this, and it's kind of the same, but changes our mentality, to remember this, that I am not of this world. The Bible even calls us aliens. You see the person next to you? Makes sense, huh? Makes perfect sense. Now, I know movies in Hollywood depicts aliens as these big, you know, big head people with, you know, weird eyes and all these. It's, but the word alien means you're just not from there. You're just not from there. But the Bible tells us that, yeah, we're foreigners. We're aliens in a foreign land. We don't belong here. We're not of this world. God believes so strongly about this issue that, that he uses a word that we don't like in our world, and it's adultery. He uses that word. In James chapter 4, verse 4, he says, You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you enemy, an enemy of God? And he says, I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Now listen carefully. The Bible doesn't say that God makes himself an enemy to you. The Bible says we make ourselves an enemy to God. How? By being one of the world. God gave us an opportunity to be his best friend. That's why he calls us friends. He's saying, I, I want to be your friend. But if you're now saying, well, I, I, I want, I want the, the world to be my friend. I want, I, want, I, I want this worldly life. I want to do things against you, God. I like my own way. Then God says, then now you're making yourself an enemy of me. I don't want you to be an enemy of me. And I'm sure we don't want to be an enemy of God. And so he says, instead of trying to befriend the world, which you're going to live in, why don't you befriend me? Don't, 
don't cheat on the potential that I gave to you. That's why he strongly uses the word, you adulterer. He's saying, your relationship is with me, the potential that I've given to you. So don't cheat that. Don't cheat on that. there's There's a life that I've given to you. Make it count. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. In other words, get back to God. Get back to your relationship with God. You know, if you're ever having a difficult time or, you're, or, or let's just say something's on your mind all the time and you're complaining and, or maybe something's bothering you, uh, maybe someone said something about you or you have to deal with something at work or even ministry and, and maybe personalities or attitudes and people, maybe even in your own family, go back to God. And in the complaining, even in the complaining spirit or the comparison or whatever it's going to be, go back to God and start off in how Jesus said for us to pray. Because he said, he said, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That first sentence, I, I, I mean, I can't tell you how often I would be going through this in my mind, the negative things, and then when I, when I get on my knees to pray, and I start off with praising God, lifting his name up, saying how good he is, kind of naming all the great things of God, when I start doing that, it's like all those other things start to fade away in the background. Because when you're saying, God, you're so good. God, thank you for my life, my family. Thank you for for always taking care of us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us God-given potential. Thank you for strengthening us. Thank you for strengthening me, my marriage, whatever it is. Like when you start honoring God and you start saying to him the good things about him and take the eyes off of us, it reminds us that, wait a minute, I'm not even of this world. I'm I'm an ambassador for Christ. Like, I represent him. Therefore, I don't have to worry so much about the life that I want to live what I need to focus on is the life God wants me to live because as, a, as an ambassador, like an ambassador to a foreign country, they, they have to learn how to relate to the foreign country that they're in, even though they may be in a, a land that is their enemy. Now, they're, they're going to have to relate to them, not become like the enemy. They're going to have to know a little bit about the enemy or the land that they're in, but not become like them so that they can fulfill their mission in enemy territory. 1 Peter 2.1 says it like this. Dear friends, I warn you. Peter is warning us. I warn you as temporary residents. So even Peter understands this. And foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Listen, it's not the circumstance that really bothers us It's what the circumstances do to our soul that does. Because believe it or not, even though we're trying to resolve something and trying to to figure something out and trying to either get out of the situation or change it, we're being affected in our soul. 
That's why we feel defeated many times because things aren't going our way. We think the circumstance is going to give us victory or not. And God says, no, 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 no. You're a temporary resident. You're a foreigner here in this land. That's not where your victory will be. Your victory is going to be with me. See, if we're not able to keep away from worldly desires as an ambassador for Christ, then then we become like the world. Just as if the ambassador to a foreign land couldn't keep away from the, the ways of the enemy, then we would actually blend in with everyone else. That's what would happen with the ambassador. He or she would blend in with everyone else. And then after a while, after you start blending in, you start doing the things of the enemy, forgetting that this is not your land. And now as an ambassador to a foreign country, it's almost like defecting to the land of the enemy, which would affect your commitment to your homeland. And for many of us, we, haven't, we didn't even know that we've already defected from heaven to this earth because we made earth and this world our life. And everything is about what I can do here, what I can accomplish here, and, and everything is revolved around this temporary world. Now, we can make a difference. That's absolutely true. We need to think that way, but not just for this life. It has to go beyond this life. And many believers, many Christians have attached themselves to too much of this world, affecting our commitment to Christ. And we miss the assignment on making our life count for the kingdom of God as an ambassador. We've forgotten our mission and our assignment. See, our, our world today, especially here in the, east, uh, in the West, compared to the East, we live so differently with technology and media, life's entertainments, attractions, all, the, all, the, all of our sensory uh, perceptions and and self-enticing outlets, it, it keeps us gravitating towards the world than, than we do towards the Lord. And then when we die, we might be wondering, did I even make my life count for something? Because we live in, in, in a land that, that pulls us further away from God without us even knowing it. It just pulls us away. But Jesus gives us hope. In John 16, 33, Jesus said it so well. He said, you know these things, these things, and what we're talking about today, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. He didn't even use the word might. He said in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. In other words, he's saying there is a possibility that you can live in this world that, that, that pulls you away from me. There's a possibility that you can make your life count and make your life matter because I have overcome everything that you're going to go through. I've overcome this world. In other words, he's saying the only way you can do this is to remember you're not of this world. So stay close to me. He reminds us to look, to look for something better forward than this world which is eternal life because we're we are citizens of heaven we have to think that way we have to remember we're not of this world and then the last thing we have to think eternal we we, it's it's so difficult to think eternal because we want everything instant we want everything instant you know if you were to look at the past 30 years the attention span 
of human beings went from five minutes to now six seconds. That's the attention span. Six seconds. That's why they have apps that give videos for just a split second. Commercials now are five seconds. It's just that quick. Why? Because our attention span is so now. We want everything now. Why? Because we're, we're, we, we want everything in this temporary world and we don't have much time. So we're rushing for this one tiny grain of sand. What can you give me in this short amount of time? And God says, boy, as my people, I want to expand your thinking. I want to give you hope far beyond this temporary life on this grain of sand. I want to give you eternity. Because when you're able to think eternal, it changes everything about life. It may not prolong life, but it does change the way we think about life. Because if you ever felt that the promises of God have slipped through your hands, or that God never answered your prayer, or, or you feel defeated because you cry out to God, as Jonathan was saying on his testimony, that I, I, I fell face down to God, I cried out to him, and God rescued me. Some of us will probably never experience it that way. That I cried out to God over and over and over. I'm trying to make my life count, but it seems like everything is against me. My car breaks down. I fix it. Something happens in my home. I fix that. Another bill comes in. I try to pay that off. I get fired. I got to find another job. One thing after another after another. And you almost feel like, well, can I even get ahead? Like, is there anything that, that even matters anymore? Like, why, why even live? So we don't even think that our life matters because it seems like God's promises are not being given to us even though we read his word, even though we hear in church that God has promises. Your experience in life shows it differently. And so now we're looking at our life and we're thinking, well, God's promises are non-existent in my life, so you look happy, you're happy, you're happy. I'm not. So where do I go from there? How do I even live this life on this earth when my prayers aren't answered? I don't even feel close to God. That's why we think eternal. That's why it's so important to think eternal. You know what God doesn't promise? He doesn't promise that every single promise is given to us on this side of eternity. Oh, there are thousands of promises in the Bible. But one of them is not, I will give you all the promises here in this life. Jesus said, I prepare a place for you. When, when everything is ready, I will come and get you to be with me where I am so that you may be with me. That's his promise. That's an eternal promise. It's not for this world. It's for eternity. Therefore, some things will not come to pass here on this earth. That's why we feel discontent sometimes. We don't receive all the promises of God on this side of eternity. It's all fulfilled, or majority of them are fulfilled on the other side of eternity. John chapter 15, Jesus tells us, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belonged to it. But you are no longer part of the world. 
I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would also listen to you. Jesus is clearly giving us a a picture of the world and eternity. That there is a difference. This is why not not all of our prayers are answered on this side of eternity. 2 Corinthians 4.18 tells us, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see, that will last forever. It's going to last forever. Oh, difficult while we're here on this earth. There are certain comforts, satisfactions, a feeling of contentment that will never be felt here on this side of eternity. Because it's not for here. We're not supposed to be attached to this world. That's why we're uncomfortable here. That's why we have a difficult time when things happen in our world. That's why when we see injustice or immorality, it affects us. Because we're not supposed to be attached to this world. We're supposed to be attached to God. He's our eternity. He's what makes eternity possible. Hebrews 11, verses 13 and 16 Hebrews 11 is the, we call it the hall of faith. You know how you have the hall of fame with all of these wonderful athletes? Hebrews 11 gives us the hall of faith. All of these wonderful men and women who are like stellar in their relationship with God and their calling. And and so if you have time, read all of Hebrews 11. Look at what they went through and how they were able to persevere. But it says in verses 13 and 16, all these people, all these people died still believing that God had promised, still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. This is why God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. You know what is wonderful about that is the Bible is even letting us know that, you know what, you're going to die without all the promises of God being fulfilled in this life. It's supposed to be that way. But you can see it from a distance. You can see all the promises of God. Our healing may not be on this side of eternity, but it will be in heaven Just the other day, I woke up with like a stiff neck, and I'm thinking, what did I do? Nothing. I'm 46. Now, when I tell people who are older than 46, I'm 46, I have neck pain, they're like, oh, that's nothing, man. (laughs) Wait till you actually can't wake up and roll out of bed. Then you talk to me. (laughs) But I thought about that. I thought, our bodies are just getting older. We're not of this world. Our bodies are not of this world. You want the perfect body? Wait till you get to heaven. You're like, what? Why sense take care of my health? Here's why. Because you and I have an assignment. We have an assignment here on this earth. That's why the Bible says you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So take care of your bodies. Why? Because God uses it to reach out to other people who are in desperate need of hope. They don't have eternal hopes. They don't even think about eternity. 
They don't know they have an eternal home in heaven. Everything to them is a grain of sand, so they hang on to that. But we can bring them hope. Life is tough. It takes faith to live on this earth, to make, to make life count and matter for something, not just in this life, but to impact eternity. You know, when we get to heaven, I'm sure one of the thoughts might be, why didn't I invest more energies, more of my time and my effort, my resources into the kingdom of God? Why didn't I? What was holding me back? Why was I skeptical? But we have an opportunity not to come to that point of the beginning of eternity by thinking that way. We can change that now by remembering we're not, we're, we're not even supposed to be here. We're citizens of heaven. We're not of this world. We have to think eternal. When you and I pass away, we don't, we don't leave our home. When we pass away, we leave the earth to go home. Last week, there was a football game of some sort. <laughs> In the post-game interview, the MVP of the New England Patriots, Julian Edelman, was sitting with a bunch of broadcasters. And, sta and then sitting next to him was a man by the name of Deion Sanders. Some of you know him. Hall of Famer. And they're doing a documentary on Julian Edelman. And, and I, I guess maybe his life. And Deion Sanders is saying, come on, man. Give me like a sound bite. Just give me something. Something that will like make it sound good. And, and Julian was like, I, I don't know. We played a fabulous game. And it's, it's, I, I don't know. He said, come on, man, you got to give me something. Give me, give me something. And Julian Edelman says, you know, I, the only thing I could think about during this season is that tough times don't last. Tough people do. And the moment he said that, I thought, Living for this temporary world don't last. But making your life count for all of eternity does. Make your life count. It matters so much that Jesus said, I will die for you to let you know that I'm supporting you in who you're becoming in me because your life counts for me for all of eternity. Would you pray with me? Would you bow our heads? Lord God, it's, it's times like this and, and, and the, the way you have spoken to us, the way you've brilliantly designed eternity and and even the way you designed us, you've, you've given us a mind to think and a soul that feels and, and experiences this life. But, but it's not just for this life, it's for eternity. But sometimes we get stuck here in this temporary thinking 
that we forget that there is a life far beyond the grave. And so help us to, to remember that we're citizens of heaven. We have a home in heaven. You're preparing a place for us. We're not of this world. Help us to think eternal. That way, it, 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 may, it may not prolong our life, but it does change our perspective. I pray for those who are here today, Lord, maybe they don't, they don't have that eternal perspective because they never knew that they could have eternal life. And so even right now, if you're here and you're saying, I, I want eternal life, well, the Bible says this, if you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. And so I want to give you that opportunity if you're here today. I want to say a prayer with you. And if that's you and you're saying, I want Jesus in my life, just shoot your hand up real quickly. And what you're saying is, I want to say that prayer. Okay, God bless you. God sees you right there. Yeah, two of you, three. Yeah, God sees you too. Yeah, it's an eternal prayer. God sees you too. Yeah, God sees you. Okay, you can put your hands down. As we pray this prayer, in fact, we can all pray this prayer, even as a believer. It's one of those prayers that I never tire of praying. And it also helps us because even as a believer, someone might come to you and say, I don't know how to believe in Jesus. But because you've been saying this prayer for all your life as a Christian, you know exactly how to lead them to the Lord. And so as we pray this prayer together, let's all include our heart. Even though I'll be leading you, include your heart. And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. I ask for you to forgive me of all my sins, past, present, and future. I turn to you. I trust you as the God of my life. My life is in your hands, and so I trust you. Make my life count, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord, that's our prayer today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for strengthening us to become more and more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said together, amen.